We are raw and real Western women who have endured the fires of life. And though we carry the brands of our trials, we are learning how to satisfy our thirst with the well water that comes from the only one that can truly satisfy, Jesus. Journey with us as we explore an unlimited range of topics. We will discuss our personal experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, along our beautiful journeys to the well, and so much more. Water up! Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We're experimenting with some fun, cool mics this evening, and our topic is going to be, Do You Want to Get Well? The origination of that topic comes out of John 5, verse 6, and it reads like this. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? And with that question being asked, how often do we need to ask ourselves that? When we're in situations that, you know, we feel like are just bringing us down, like, what are you doing to get yourself out of it? Like, are, are you praying to get out of it? Are you just finding more drama to get yourself into? Like, do you really want to be well? Like, what are you doing to try to get yourself out of it? Not just saying that you want to be well and get out of it, but to actually put action behind it. Yeah. Instead of just wishing into the wind and mm -hmm. over and over again. Well, if you don't pick up the shovel and dig, you're never going to get anywhere. I love it when she says I that. <laughs> well, it's just like, for instance, when Jesus was talking to this man, if, if you go on and you read John 5, it talks about how that man had been, um, what was he? Was, he wasn't a paraplegic. He, there was something wrong with him. He had had an ailment or something. Anyways, for like 38 years, he had been sick of, from whatever it was. And it was, he sat there at that pool waiting for it to be disturbed, you know, so they could fall in and get healing or whatever. And when Jesus, the son of God, walked up in the middle of all of these sick people, nobody even realized he was there. They were so drawn to this well that waiting for it to be disturbed so they could get in it. And it's like, you didn't even realize the son of man walked up. The one who could heal you with just one touch. And it's like, how often are we blinded by that? So stuck on stuff like... For instance, finding something to block the pain, drugs, um, addictions of any kind, you know, th things like that. And it's like you totally bypass the fact that Jesus is standing there showing you the way out to be able to get well. But a lot of us don't want to. We want the sympathy and feeling sorry for ourselves and mm -hmm. all the things. And we just continue to wallow around just as so many people did around that pool, just waiting for somebody to give us help and guess what as soon as you get the help you're going to get right back into it because it's not a true transformation absolutely the thing about that story that sticks out to me is that he doesn't even answer jesus's question he doesn't answer it at all he just comes up straight up with the excuses well god there's no one to get me to the pool like nobody can help me get to the pool everybody else always gets there first like kind of just a pity party he doesn't even say yes i want to be well but in reality, that's what we're all wishing for, but we don't even answer the question. Yes, do you want to be well? Too busy making excuses as to why we can't or won't yeah, be well. Right. And mm -hmm. pointing the blame on someone else. Mm -hmm. Instead yep. of looking at yourself wholeheartedly to see what can I do to get myself well. Right. Well, when you're rolling around in self-pity, it's a pride thing. You don't... Mm -hmm look at yourself. It's somebody else's problem or the problem is just too big. You don't look at what can I do to make this better for, 
for myself? Like, what can I change in myself to make this better? And that's where a lot of the times you just get caught up in that and then you end up bleeding on other people with it. It's, it's a self issue. Like you have to fix it. You can't ask somebody else to fix it or everybody's getting it before me. If you want something, go get it. Mm-hmm. You have to put forth the effort. And I think that's, we're lazy. Is what it is. Like you're lazy. I would agree with Mm -hmm. that. I think our human nature 100% gets in the way of our healing and our putting action forth. Your mouth gets in the way. (laughs) Yes. Your words that you speak (laughs) over yourself and to uh, like your mouth gets you in the way of your blessing and transformation every time. Definitely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. But there always has to be a starting place. There has to be somewhere to start, and. When you take that first step, it like it marks the beginning of your journey. And you have to continue to put forth effort and continue to take steps one after another. No matter how slow, everybody's journey is going to look different. As long as you have a goal in mind, you know, you have, you've admitted what it is you want to be well about. Because there's a million different things that, you know, whether it be addiction or a physical sickness or, you know, what you've perceived as a mental illness or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever you want to be well about. As long as you continuously seek God and put action forth you're on the right road and everybody's journey is going to look different. And you have to position yourself for a genuine conversion. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to position yourself for that. You can't ask God for something and then not position yourself, which means you're going to have to have true repentance. You're going to have to self-reflect and get deep within yourself in order to be able to receive what he has. And it's like people don't want to take the time to do that. Or it's like, I don't know how. Well, you haven't tried. You know, like get in front of him, take your Bible, you know, pray and do do the things, get in worship music. But it's like we use the excuse, well, I don't know how. And I only say that because I was like that. I don't know how or that's too hard or he's not answering me. I haven't, you haven't positioned your heart correctly. And if you're not hearing from him, then there's something that you need to repent about. So would you say from the perspective of somebody who is like a new, a new Christian, you know, who's just kind of beginning their walk with the Lord and who has maybe had a rough past or, you know, things that they need to be delivered from or be healed from, what would you say would be the first steps that they need to take? Definitely finding a good church to get involved in. And I'm not talking about just any church. I'm talking about one with true conversion in it. Like, when you walk in, you can feel the presence of the Lord. Like, they're doing things. An active church, I would think, would be most important, in my opinion. Yes. You know, uh, a little bit of a, a sidetrack, little side road here. But we went to a church up there in Carthage the other day. And I have a hard time going to another church, you know, since our home church is here. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have time to make it. And so we decided we were going to try one right there local that everybody talks highly of. And I had a pretty big roadblock up. I wasn't, you know, I felt guilty for going to another church. And I, um, I, I didn't, my heart just was not in it. And it I, was out of your comfort zone. Oh, it was out of my comfort zone. But I walked in there and, you know, I was listening and I was taking everything in. But I recognized that, like, my heart was hard to it. And I asked God, I said, are you here? You know, like, am I supposed to be here? Or are you here? And he answered me right away. He said, you will know me by my fruit. And I was like, okay. 
hello, (laughs) (laughs) you are here. But that's, you know, I just say that to say this, that's, that's a great way to tell if the church that you're in is a good place to be. You will know him by his fruit. If the church is prosperous and has people that are preaching out of the scripture and, you know, you, you will know him by his fruit. Because so many churches this day and time preach just for cultural, like preach towards cultural, and it's not out of the text. And that's a, one big thing that you have to watch this day and time. Modernized. Yep. We don't want to preach to feelings. We want to preach what the Word says and then what you're supposed to abide by. We're not right. preaching to feelings here to make you feel good one Sunday and go on like you need to know so you can carry this on and it be in your heart and you live for that. So I think that would be one of the most important things as a new Christian is to find a good church family. And secondly, surround yourself in people who want to build you up in that and help you learn and, you know, things like that. Absolutely. I think another important thing to look for, like especially in a preacher, is that they're not afraid to hurt your feelings. Oh, yeah. And they just talk straight from the Word and they tell it how God laid it out to them. And that's... They're there to help you grow. They're not there to make you feel good. Like, yep. if, you, if you don't leave the sermon feeling like, man, that was really talking to me. I need to work on that, you know? I mean, I, I don't feel like I get anything from pastors who just make me feel good. Like, I want somebody that's going to help me grow. Mm-hmm. I like it when they slap me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphorically. <laughs> it's that conviction that comes with it so that you can grow, that you're right. actually acknowledging how... Your path is going. Are you on the right path? Are you swaying a little bit? And a lot of times that Sunday morning service can really touch you. Yeah. And watching your preacher, like whenever he's preaching to you, it's like he's already preached it to himself. And like you see him actively doing everything that he preaches. It's not just on Sunday I'm going to preach this and, you know, the rest of the week I'm going to do. Like he actually lives out what he preaches to you. Leads by example. Exactly. Exactly. So I, go ahead. That's pretty rare these days. That's what I was mm-hmm. kind of thinking with Leon, like watching him up on the pew, but it's watching him in the community. Yeah, he's everywhere in the community. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he puts action behind the things that he teaches us in church. He's not just preaching it on Sunday morning. He's out in the community living it and putting action behind the things that he's asking us to partner with him on. And he's always trying to include us, even like before, you know, this is what we're doing. We're raising money for this. This Mm -hmm. is the ministries we have. We're struggling here. You know, it's never a you have to give. It's feel free to give, you know, when you can. And he's like always doing things, always. And if, if there's a need in the community, like right now he's doing heaters. During the summer, he did air conditioners, yeah. you know, like window units. And now he's doing heaters. And, you know, I mean, of course, not just anybody can have one, but it's like if you have kids or if you're, like, above the age 65. of, like, 65, uh-huh. you know, they're, you know, free or whatever. I just think that's amazing. I think just watching them on the outside, out from being behind the pulpit on Sundays, Wednesdays, Sunday nights, whatever it may be, but actually watching them in the community, watching them at the grocery store, seeing how they interact, seeing how people react whenever they come by. Are they fleeing from them? Yes, we've done that before. Why you got to single me out? (laughs) Or are are people drawn to them? Now we run up to them, you know? And that that says a lot about a person's character. It goes beyond just knowing and memorizing scripture, but going on and actually using it and putting it into a real life perspective. 
see. Yeah. Or what, like talking about in the store, like we immediately seen him, but there was like 10 other people that were saying hello to him and they were not members of the church. You know, it's just mm-hmm. people and that's, that's how active he is. It's like everybody between us and him like was like, oh, Pastor Leon. You know? And I was just like, okay, I'll that's my pastor. pastor. <laughs> you know, but it's like, you know, everybody know him, and it's, it's just, I don't know. So think about that in Jesus' perspective. So whenever Jesus was walking through the crowds of many, but yet you had that one person who was so eager to get up and just touch that little bit of him that she could reach. Yeah. yeah. She needed healing, and she literally was like elbowing people. And that's the, that's the kind of attitude like we as Christians now, like now is not a time to sit back and, and, you know, just be quiet and everything. Like you need to, whatever you can do, get to Jesus and pull people in with you. Like there's just going to come a time when manners aren't going to be there. It's like, I need to get to him Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do whatever I can to get to it. And it might be an aggressive way. And I think as Christians, like now is the time. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the time. It's like, for instance, the church is now like at a point to where it's got to stop preaching what it's preaching and preach what the, like the book says, like not cultural preaching, but like actually preaching what the book says and get back to the healing and talking about the things that really took place in the Bible. And it's like, I want to experience those stories. Like you can read about them all day long, yeah. but I want to chase after them. Like mm-hmm. I want, I want to see it for myself. Like I want to see the manifestation of God's presence pouring out to the point where like people are literally stopping in the middle of the road. Like I want to see that. I want to experience it. And it's like, all it takes is just true repentance. Like that's, what's going to usher it in is true repentance of our souls. Hearts busted wide open whether you're asking forgiveness for all your sins, your community sins, like everybody in one place repenting. And it's like, I want that to be ushered in so bad. And it's, and it's something that's, I mean, it's easier said than done when you get before the Lord and you start laying things down about yourself. But we're all a little selfish. Mm-hmm. But then when you get in the midst of it and he kind of starts opening your heart and you start getting comfortable with that and then he starts laying things down like one of the things was was you eat too much and it's like what what'd you say you know (laughs) it's like you take more than you need and it wasn't like you know like you eat too much but it's like you take more than you need that's gluttony or you know things like that it's like then you complain because you don't feel well after you do it like these are things that was like laid out in front of me and I was just like well I guess I didn't think of it that way but you don't you think I have nothing else to repent for I've repented of everything that I know but man, when he busts your heart wide open and it's like a true pour it out, like you'll be asking forgiveness for things. But I think the church this day and time needs to focus on that and usher the manifestation presence of God in because that's going to be a whole time changer. Like it's going to open a lot of eyes and people will understand exactly the power of God. Right now, a lot of people are like, yeah, those are just stories. Like, I can't tell you how many people don't understand faith because, yeah, it's just stories. Like, I prayed to God and nothing happened. Well, mm-hmm. you didn't allow him to do mm-hmm. anything in your life. It's You've stopped yourself. And I think that's where we get in trouble with the um, bringing in new Christians. It's like they ex- read the stories and they get excited and they expect it. 
but then there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. And then that's where faith kind of starts to dwindle. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. well, where is this all-powerful God that you've talked about? Like, why, aren't I, why ain't I seeing these things? You know, it's like, well, he doesn't work just like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he works in other ways, but getting them to understand that. Also, we bring in that false thought of, I'm going to be a Christian and now, everything's going to be great, and this is going to be fun, and God's going to be on my side. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of times... They don't get told that, oh, hold on, you're fixing to be under a spiritual attack. Something more is about to happen. You have to brace yourself. You have to be in Ephesians and start putting on that armor and be prepared for that fight. That's a good point. That is. And, like, I feel like with new believers, like, we we start getting them in, and then that's when the devil attacks their belief, and he's, like, brings in, you know, a logical point of view. Nah, you don't see those works. You don't, you know, lies. Like, like, that's old stuff. We don't, you know, mm-hmm. but that's where you just have to get in the word and you've got to develop that relationship with God. He's not going to show you all the miracles like right at, you know, like that's not how it happens. You've got to position yourself in the presence, but you've got to lay yourself down first mm-hmm. for it. And a lot of people these days are so just, I mean, your flesh is weak. We're all selfish. I mean, I woke up today having a really bad day because it was a Monday. It was just a bad day, but then I start. I I recognize that in myself, and I knew, hey, I've got to ask for forgiveness for this. My attitude is bad, Lord. I'm sorry. Like, help me get over this. Help me have a good day, dear Lord. I'm laying myself down. I surrender again. Help me get through it. And you know what? It's like a weight lifts off whenever you do that. But you've got to lay yourself down first. Well, with you texting the group too, knowing that you're going to be lifted up in prayer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I might not have been able to respond, but the prayers go up. Yes. So having enough humility to be able to reach out to those to that you help. know are going to help lift you up, even if it's only in prayer, being able to yeah. do that, that, that takes a lot. Because a lot of times we tend to just hold everything in ourselves and oh I can fight this on my own mm-hmm. I'm just going to pray to God myself and keep yourself in a corner but right. no you you need that army behind you and yeah. I'm used to not ever asking for help you know and like that's a, that's a problem that God has shown me he's mm-hmm. like hey no your flesh is weak I'm showing it to you more and more <laughs> <laughs> yes Lord I'm weak I'm sorry <laughs> but he's teaching me to reach out for help and it's humbling to say the least but. Just like the man at the well, all yes. he had to do was reach out for help. But he sat there and waited on this one thing, you know, like we all do. We all sit there and wait. Well, they don't want to hear my problems, and we isolate mm-hmm. ourselves. Even though he was amongst of a lot of people, everybody had already isolated themselves, and the initial thought was, I'm getting in that pool. Like nobody else was being thought of except for a selfish thing here. And then Jesus walks up, asks the man the question, and he's like, he didn't even answer him. You took the notion that, you had a something you needed to be well from. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a bad Monday, it doesn't seem big to a lot of people, but yeah. when you're in the midst of it, like it is big. You took the notion to message the people who hold you accountable, who will pray mm-hmm. for you and build you up right. to be made well. We prayed for you in order for you mm-hmm. to receive whatever it was that you needed. So I think as part of an, being a new Christian and do you want to get well, you need to surround yourself with people who are going to help you get well. Super, mm-hmm. super important to have a support group. Yes. Super important. Yep. Yep. 
Because I was on the struggle bus with her this morning. <laughs> and as soon as, as soon as I responded to you and I said that, I immediately felt better because I knew, I'm like, I'm not riding this ride alone. It's going to yeah. be fine. It's mm -hmm. just a Monday. Stuff is always happening and it's always busy and it's always going to be fine. Yep. And mm -hmm. it's so important to have a good support group. I'm grateful for y'all. <laughs> but that's like in the, like, I guess, I don't know. A lot of times we make the whole Christianity thing to be so feel good. And so, but you're going to have tribulations. I mean, it's life. We're not going to be worry free or carefree until we get to heaven. But if we start, you know, just putting down those little steps of, laying ourselves down and asking for forgiveness, it can make your whole day turn around. It can. It can. And I think that's where we mess up. It's, well, I don't need to bother God with this. It's something small. Like, bring him into everything. Like, God, what am I wearing today? Everything. Mm -hmm. What am I wearing today? Um, when I step out this door, I know things aren't going to go, you know, just as perfect, but you're with me. Help me to, if I, whatever comes at me, I can't control it, but I control how I react. And I control, you know, all these things because I have you at the forefront of my mind. So it's like you have some form of control, and your control is Jesus, mm -hmm. being in constant communication with him about everything. And that's, you know, I think as a new Christian or somebody who is being brought in, you can look at it as kind of like the process of the butterfly going from the worm. You know, like that's how we all start out. We all start out little worms, you know, and we're hungry for everything that we can get a hold of as soon as we are out of that little egg, we're hungry for whatever we can get a hold of. And as a new Christian, you go through all of that, and you might read the whole Bible, and it's like, I didn't understand a word of that. <laughs> so then you start going to grasping at different things, like whatever you can do to get close to God. And then you find your church, and you start growing in it, and it points you in directions. Then you find out, what is my purpose? You know, because everybody has a purpose. I don't care who you are, or what you think you are, or what you've done. Everybody has a purpose. And it's finding that and doing the good deeds that God has called you to do. And then before you know it, the things that you never thought that you were going to be capable of or seen yourself doing, you've done come, in, come out of that little cocoon of where God has refined you at, and now that you're a big, beautiful butterfly. And it's like now you're teaching other new Christians how to do this as well. So it's like we're all hungry. It's just what are you going to grasp a hold of? Mm -hmm. Laying yourself mm -hmm. down so that because yeah. otherwise your hands are full. So you've got to empty yourself in order to pick up others. Every day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Every day. It's not just a one-time thing. You have to lay yourself down every day. Repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes multiple times a day. Yeah. In my experience, wellness, healing comes in puzzle pieces. It's, it's like he'll grant you puzzle pieces along your journey. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll, you'll be... When you're in it and you're traveling down that road on your journey, you don't see often the things that he's working on and, and the pieces that he's putting together. And then all of a sudden something will click. And you're like, oh, that's really cool. And it kind of feeds you and fuels you until the next one comes along, you know. And it, then it, it almost makes you crave. Well, it doesn't almost. It does make you crave more of him. Once mm -hmm. you see him work and see how he puts things together and orchestrates your journey and your healing, it makes you want more and more. And I've, I've always kind of liked that little 
that little picture in my head of the puzzle pieces coming together, you know, because I don't know where they come from or how he orchestrates it or what his thought process is. None of that matters, but I know he's out there working on it. And I know my puzzle pieces are going to come in one at a time. Yep. Yeah. I just would like to know sometimes, am I a thousand pieces? <laughs> it'd be nice. <laughs> it'd be nice to know. Bust me down on that 20 piece. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna need to get some yeah, things moving. <laughs> she said a 10,000 piece. Baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it's his timing and not ours, and that's a selfish thing on our behalf. Like, we shouldn't be rushing. This is God's time, and we should be doing whatever He has called us to do. And I think a lot of times that's where we get messed up in the daily grind of oh it's a Monday you know like mm-hmm. instead of waking up and looking at it as a Monday it's oh it's another day I've got fresh air in my lungs thank you Lord for waking me up right. how can I benefit the kingdom today in whatever your job is whatever you do like how can I benefit you today God open my eyes show me you know open my heart to be able to receive whatever you have or what can I give to somebody else and so that's how I've started looking at my day or trying to at least. I'm not saying I'm good about it all the time, but mm-hmm. what can you do to benefit the kingdom of God? What what can I do? Especially with how many people that all of us interact with on a daily basis. Like there's numerous people that you might only see one time in your entire life that are you making an impact whenever you walk mm-hmm. in and you mm-hmm. face them. Do they notice that you have something a little bit different because that's where we should be. Right. Yeah. Yep. We Absolutely. shouldn't be hidden away in a crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're you know stuck in our own little corner. In my experience, like I've grown up in the church, I've been in church pretty much my whole life. Like I took a break where I didn't go to church because I didn't couldn't find one that I liked. You know, it just was never fulfilling like my home church that I grew up in or whatever. But even like as a kid growing up in every Sunday school, going to Wednesday night church, doing all the church things, serving at church, like. I did all that, but nobody taught me how to align myself with the Spirit, like how to get in His presence and stay there, like how to hear from Him, you know, like truly hear from Him, Mm -hmm. truly feel His presence, like that's not a thing that's taught a lot, like it's more of an intimate relationship type of thing, but I feel like it's not taught because a lot of people don't know how to do it, a lot of people don't know how to get there, and it's been eye-opening for sure since we've came to the Good Shepherd, you know, because they talk about that a lot, and it's something that I want so bad, but it's something that you definitely have to lay yourself down to get there, and it's really hard to position yourself with, but I feel like that's something that needs to be talked about more, because like, I grew up in church. I grew up around a whole bunch of Christian people. They never told me how to do that, or what to do, or that that was a thing that I needed to do your Bible every day, you know, like just a checklist instead of like an actual relationship that you need to nurture and grow. It's funny because you say that when you talk about intimate, it's like, are you dating Jesus? Are you dating God? Or are you like, do you want to be married to him? Because those are two different things there. Mm -hmm. Like dating, you're getting to know the facts about somebody, knowing the ins and outs, how much you love them and stuff like that. Marriage is the commitment to be with that person 
sickness and health or good times or bad, like, are you committed or are you just dating? Do you want to just be in there for the the chill bumps and the excited things and, oh, the warm and fuzzies, or do you want to be there through the the grave digging things that you have to go through and coming out on the other side and being like, man, we made it, and that much stronger. It's like, those are your two options. Like, what are you doing? We dating or we getting married? Well, that's like in the Bible, you know, like you've got to give up. It's almost like you give up half of yourself so that way you can become one with Mm -hmm. your husband or with God, for instance. But as whenever, I forget what verse, we just talked about this last night, um, where it talks about the husband and the wife, you know, the husband should love the wife as he loves himself and stuff like that. It was Jesus talking to the bride, like, because the church is the bride. Charlene's. Yeah. It was Ephesians 5, yeah. the 21, 22. Yeah. yeah. And he was basically, it wasn't just aimed towards a husband and wife. It was Jesus to the church is what it was. And that whole other perspective there. And it's like, you are to love each other, you know, as you love yourself and stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. if you're not thinking highly of yourself and you're not, you know, in line with God and laying yourself down, then how are you going to be able to lift that other person up? Just like a church, if they are not do, teaching the word, like how are they supposed to be helping you? Right. You know, and then like like you said, not learning how to to truly have an intimate relationship with God. Churches don't teach that anymore, mm-hmm. and that was the one thing I was looking for. Like, like you said, the fruits. Yeah. What fruits do they have here? Mm-hmm. You know. So it's a it's a big it's a big deal. How many times God has to redirect us, like, redirecting, like Siri does, like, how many times because we get in our, yeah, rerouting, because we, we get in our own way, and like, you could have been there days ago, months ago, but you keep opening your mouth, and you keep doing this, and then you just offset it, Yeah. when it literally just takes that, and like you say, you start speaking truth against the lies. Like, don't believe it. You start speaking God's truth against it. God does not mm-hmm. condemn me. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he told me that I do have a purpose and that I, mm-hmm. you know, I am the lot. I am this, you know, just start saying these things. And it's like, eventually when those come up, you can just be like, Psh, I know what God has to say about it. And you just offset it with those things. But you have to train yourself to think that way. That's you right. You have to train yourself to ask for help. Yeah. Mm-hmm to keep him in the forefront of our minds all the time. One of the things that I'm the very worst about is I'll ask the Lord to reveal things to me about myself that I need to lay down. But when it comes to it, I end up putting forth more effort trying to fix Joel than I do in myself instead of just leaving that to God and leaving that for the Holy Spirit to work on him. I'll take action and try and do it myself. Mm -hmm. And And that's not always the case, but it tends to be a distraction for me from working on myself instead of just leaving it to, like what you were saying, letting him have the control. It's going to be fine because God's got it and he's going to direct him too, just like he does me, you know, but that's one of my biggest distractions and things that gets in my way of working on myself is I'll lay that aside and be over here trying to work on him. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a weak. Yes, it is a weak point. And we have these, I mean, it's it's a God-given desire for our husbands to be the perfect man or the perfect provider or, it you is. know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's a God-given desire. So it's a good desire, but we don't have the power to fix it. 
we've got to let God have the power to get it and just let we've got to let it go but I'm controlling just like you are and I have issues <laughs> we all know that <laughs> I think we all do to an extent it's yeah. alright you're not alone <laughs> it's funny because in the in the midst of the letting him like God telling me this Keegan started seeing me in a different light like through that whole little week there and the whole tone of the house changed like he stopped doing some things that he normally would do. And he's like, I feel like I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, I don't feel right doing that anymore. Like where you come up, you know, touch you in a provocative way or, you know, stuff like that. Joking, but it's like, he's like, I don't feel like I can do that anymore. He's like, I feel like you're getting too pure for me to touch you that way. And it was just like, I see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I am. I'm like so pure right now. Like Jesus is all on me. If you do that, he's going to strike you down. But no, it was like they start, like he started feeling differently about me. And it's just like, if you would just position yourself and do what God has asked you to do, and that's laying yourself down and truly repenting and start following what he has for you. Like you're not going to have to have control over him because God's going to change him through the new you. Mm-hmm. Like that vibe, that that feeling of, wow, she's really changed on that. And then you stop feeding what they feed off of, mm-hmm. which is the aggravating or the, oh, I'll do this. It'll get a rise out of her today. When you stop getting offended is the day things start changing. Mm-hmm. Like that has been the biggest thing. Stop getting offended over little things. Like stop feeding it because that's what they're wanting. If you don't get offended, there ain't nothing to fight about. They're going to be fighting with mm-hmm. themselves and Eventually, that's going to get old. Yep. So. It makes perfect sense. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this time to be able to sit and talk about what needs to be made well in our lives. And Lord, I just thank you that you have made the way for that. God, I ask that our listeners who are listening, that, Lord, you would just help them to see that they are appreciated in every aspect of their life, Lord, and that whether they're have something that they need to be made well of. Lord, just help them to know that they can come to you and lay it out, Lord, and help them to understand what true repentance is, Lord, so that you can work in them what you need, and that, Lord, you will help them to know that they have a purpose and that you want to work that through them. Lord, I just thank you for everyone, and I thank you that you give us the opportunity to sit here and talk about the things that you're doing in our life, and Lord, I just hope it touches the people who are listening, and just thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.